0: And here we are the hard guide media podcast has returned trying a new recording setup so if it sounds good let us know if it sounds wonky, let us know but here we are after two months uh and some change on hiatus we are back with action movie month action movie January if you will and what better way to kick it off than a I guess this is a medium cut. It's not necessarily too much of a deep cut from the one the only Jean-Claude Van Damme, but this is 1992's Universal Soldier starring JVCD or J, JCVD, yes, uh, and uh Mr. Dolph Lundgren. Uh Eric say what up to uh the listeners.
1: How we doing? How we doing? Well, glad to be back.
0: And uh, there's there's a, there's many Van, Van Dam movies that I'd want to cover. I want to cover on this podcast. And uh, this is the uh, this is the first one. Uh, 1992 Universal Soldier comes out. This is kind of uh, an interesting time for films in general, just because the 80s, this still reeks and just has like an air of like the 80s in it. Because like I mean you have uh, talked and we've talked about it with other people on this podcast. The early '90s just seems like they didn't know what they were doing. As far as fashion goes, movies, everything just feels a little '80s still.
1: Yeah, I mean, a hundred percent. Like I think, like we always, like you said, we talked about a lot in the you know previous uh, pods where it's like the '90s exactly trying to find their footing. Like uh, when it comes to everything, like the overall aesthetic of things. Um, we're getting into, you know, the eighties had a lot of the sci-fi stuff and you've still seen a lot of that in the, in the early nineties as well. Um, with obviously some huge blockbusters and this in the same vein with that, uh, I guess you would consider this a sci-fi type movie, right? I mean, yeah, it's a sci-fi. Mean,
0: it's it's at,
1: its at its core, it's an action movie, of course, but I mean, there's def- there's definitely sci-fi. Well, it's, it's, you know, a
0: yeah, it's, it's funny that you say sci-fi because it's directed by Roland Emmerich who goes on to do, um, this is his first American film, but he goes on to do Stargate. He goes on to do, of course, his his big blockbuster, Independence Day. Yeah, and the
1: sequel. He did the, yeah, he did the sequels too, right? The yeah. sequel,
0: The insurg- Insurgents or whatever. Yeah, and he did uh, Independence Day, uh, was it Resurrection?
1: A resur- yeah, re- Resurgence or something like that. Yeah, you know what? But I, I know he directed it, but I, I can't even think of what the name is.
0: But yeah. but regardless, yes, it, he also did uh, a couple disaster movies. I'm a big fan of, of his work, honestly. And I know people people are a little sour on the the like two uh, thousands disaster movies, but I was a big fan of the day after tomorrow. I don't know why.
1: <laughs> you do love that flick.
0: But regardless, uh, we're not here to talk about day after tomorrow. Maybe that that's a deep cut. That's a deep cut down the road. Yeah, that'll be a bonus track. Yeah, and uh, so so uh, you know we get uh, we get um, Dolph and uh, Van Dam, their first uh, flick together. Uh, they worked together a few times after this, but you know they ended up becoming friends on the set. And something interesting I read about this film. We're just we're just ta- We're just free balling. The, the balls are out of the Levi's right now, and they're just blowing in the wind. So we're just gonna yeah. bullshit. Uh, So I guess uh, him and Dolph became good friends on the shoot, but they also staged at a film festival where their film was premiering. They staged a fake altercation outside and got separated by bouncers to like get buzz for the film that they later years and years later, Dolph came out and said that it was staged. And then Van Damme, I guess, on a podcast in 2018, confirmed that it was staged to try to uh, gussy up hype for the film.
1: That's so red. You know what? I actually did not know that, but what a fucking genius! Uh, obviously, since they're pitted against each other in the movie, what a fucking genius move on their
0: part. Oh yeah. Uh, now, Caracol distributed the distributed the movie. They were kind of at their tail end, um, and uh, this is uh it's a like I said, it's a it's an, a different kind of movie because it does incorporate that. S- sort of sci-fi, like, sci- cyborg element. And, and I feel like that, any kind of, like, anything related to cyborg-ish was huge at the time because T2, this is a year after T2. Oh,
1: yeah. Did, this film got, like, a, a little bit of, like, negative publicity because of T2, right? Didn't a lot of people, like, say it was, like, a, you know, just, like, they kind of wrote it off as, like, you know, just, like, kind of a T2 wannabe type flick, even though it's not the same... The is a bunch of different if you watch them, but, um, I thought I read before that a lot of people,
0: uh, I, 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 yeah, I think people, some people did write it off kind of as like a, another cyborg f- film, because obviously Van Damme did cyborg in 89, but this, uh, this movie, the budget was 23 million. Uh, and it ended up doing pretty, it ended up making 36 domestically in North America, but it ended up. Overseas making seventy nine million, so it made a hundred and two million total. So it actually was a really successful film overall.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say, I guess that is fairly successful. So especially right off of yeah, like ninety two, right after the Terminator thing. I mean, it's probably the perfect time for this to drop. So that probably helped out a lot.
0: And uh, I've, you know, I'm someone who I grew up watching this film. I remember. Like the the especially the the opening scene and the, and the ending scene, um, yeah. they stick with me just because uh, when I was younger, I feel like I, I was just like spoon fed Vietnam related material for some reason. Like especially Full Metal Jacket, like uh, not getting a lot of the the humor in, in Full Metal Jacket until I was probably a teenager. But just uh, hearing the uh, Arlie Ermes, uh vulgarness and and some of the jokes within it, uh, this movie kind of reminds me of that time I remember the early 90s like the video rental days I remember watching this maybe not for the first time I can't pinpoint the first time but I was a little shit when I first watched this but the movie starts it takes place in Vietnam uh Luke Devereaux played by Jean-Claude Van Damme uh is a private soldier in the Vietnam War and Dolph Lundgren uh Andrew Scott Sergeant Andrew Scott plays uh plays his sergeant, and uh, he's gone as many you know Vietnam movies the in in films in that depict what happened over there. Uh, one of the many things you saw these guys go um, a little haywire in the in the bush, as it were. And uh, in this film, Andrew Scott, played by Dolph, uh, has you know overtaken this village. He's got a couple younger Vietnamese. Uh, a uh, couple hostage. Uh, he's made a necklace out of ears and there's, necklace, yeah. and
1: there
0: there's uh there's ear play or ear um, innuendo lines. He asked, uh, he asked Jean-Claude Van Damme's character. Do you hear me? Well, he's holding the ear necklace up, uh, which is fucking genius. And for some reason, I, if uh, anybody says anything to me about this film, the first thing I say is I remember that ear necklace, like, I remember that as a kid, because that's like, and for a while, I, I kind of, this movie just had those, like, horror undertones when I saw an ear necklace for some reason, and I always just, it, that always creeped me out, and Dolph Lundgren just always creeped me out, but, uh, yeah, so they, uh you know, kill each other in the Vietnam War, they get zipped up, they're reported, yeah. they see, you know, <laughs> they see that Dolph private, uh, or Sergeant, um Sergeant Andrew Scott has a has a goddamn uh, necklace made of ears. So, like, well, fuck this. We aren't fucking. We aren't sending these guys back. These guys are going to be MIA. So, fast forward from 1969 to 1994 is where this takes place. Uh, two years. Uh, it's senior to reality, but and uh, they are genetically and electronically modified. Uh, cryogenically frozen uh, universal soldiers unisouls as they call them
1: yeah like to become the perfect uh, weapon I guess for the military
0: and uh, you see we see them obviously fall in line we actually get a small shot of Michael Ja White who later goes on to be in universal soldier the return
1: who's also one of the baddest motherfuckers on the planet
0: oh hands down He's a badass in his own right, for sure. I love that, dude. We also have, uh, notable to say, we have uh, uh, Tommy Lister, Tiny, a.k.a. Debo, a.k.a. Zeus in this as well. Yeah.
1: yeah, I mean, kind of an all-star cast. I mean, those two guys I know, like, obviously, Michael Jai White was as big at the time, but he's had a fairly successful career, then... <laughs> You know, Dolph and, and Jean-Claude, and then um, Jerry Orbach is in the movie as well. He's a really well-respected actor, who acted in a lot of shit. Um, so actually kind of a kind of a rad
0: cast. Yeah, it's uh, like I said, it's a shame that old uh, Tiny Lister has passed on. He passed uh, last month, but uh, cool to see him in this. Completely forgot he was in it. Uh, rewatched it today for the first time in in many, many years. Probably at least 10, 11, 12 years, uh, but it it's always such a fun watch and uh but yeah we see we see these perfect soldiers you know that that you know obey commands uh you know in theory uh they wouldn't make mistakes you know and this is a big time you know robocop is only like less than 5 years removed from this too so i feel like the whole cyborg Soldier cop thing, like, is it's it's big right then. It, it, we gotta, I think, we gotta thank Terminator though. Did Terminator in '84 not kick this whole little trend off? I would say probably a hundred percent, especially in like the mainstream, you know what I mean? Like, the bringing it to the mainstream, I say for sure. Oh, yeah. And uh, so we, um, so, yeah, we we go through th- this film goes on and, and uh, you know, these guys, 25 years later, they are these universal soldiers. And uh, as with such like a RoboCop, you see that there's human left in him. Luke Devereaux has flashbacks uh, when he sees certain things and then recognizes that Andrew Scott is, you know, who he is. Like he was, a you know, his sergeant, a, a mortal enemy who killed him in the Vietnam War um they have like a little you know they they talk about okay well he wasn't listening to a command he went haywire uh they go on to pull him out of uh you know the universal soldier duty to do some tests they decide not to and then um we got a reporter coming in and uh taking pictures of one of the dead uh universe well you know the uh injured or shot up universal soldiers yeah, and it was frozen, right? At
1: the time they were freezing. Yeah, them they frozen. were
0: freezing them because they gotta repair them. And, and then uh Van Damme comes and uh he officially turned oh well uh, what's uh Andrew Scott, Sergeant Andrew Scott, the uh Universal Soldier, uh I forget what they call him. I think he's TR thirty three or whatever. Um he has like a, a little haywire moment and shoots one uh the reporter's uh assistant or cameraman in the head uh causes van dam luke Devereux to turn on him and you know he's he's remembering you know that it was that this guy is uh an enemy of his he's remembering who he is he's remembering who Scott is and uh they pulled a little headset she pulls a little headset off him as they're trying to make their uh getaway in the truck and uh and then it's a hunt for Luke Devereaux uh, to get this universal soldier back. So, you know, no one that possibly knows who Luke Devereaux is realizes that, okay, this guy that was MIA in Vietnam just showed up and he's cry- he was cryogenically frozen and he hasn't aged a day since 1969 and he's right. a French farm boy, uh, you know. I always thought that was funny with Van dam they, they never knew exactly what to, to make, have it make sense. I know, right? They yeah, you know,
1: they make like a French, uh, like a French, like Cajun French, like from Louisiana farm boy.
0: And I, I love that with Arnold and him. I felt like you always had to kind of like suspend your disbelief, uh, but like, oh yeah, they're American soldiers. Yeah, yeah, he's Austrian, but whatever, it don't matter, or he's you know. <laughs> I just feel like those
1: guys, especially like Schwarzenegger, were like so huge, you know what I mean, that yeah, they just put him wherever you're believing it, he's a, uh, well, you know, he's a cop, or American cop, or wherever, you, you know what I mean, like, you're exactly right, you gotta just suspend, uh, suspend your beliefs on that, and, uh, because they were so big, same with Van Dam. I mean, Van Dam's played, think about the characters he's played, so.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, you know, we get a little Van Dam ass in the hotel room as they're trying to elude the, and they're trying to get you know, paperwork from, from the, uh, this, I guess, you know, military corporation that's making these universal soldiers. There's a big what to do until, uh, you know, Andrew Scott is, you know, come completely go reverts back to his crazed, psychotic Vietnam self. And we have him full blown, you know, shoots his, uh, you know, his, uh, commander, uh the you know the uh, whatever you want to call him the general of the universal soldiers and uh he's full board like making fucking uh ear necklaces <laughs> ear necklaces again and he's taking uh he's taking these uh muscle enhancers aka anabolics Yep. uh oh, second movie that dolph has done that and he did that in rocky 4 dolph yeah, he did in...
1: that in rocky 4 there's just...
0: Dolph didn't give a shit about hiding anything. He's like, "Yeah, what do you? How do you think we got these bodies?"
1: Exactly. How do you think I'm just a fucking perfect physical specimen?
0: And uh, you know, we got it, Dolph's had such an interesting career because he's, you know, he goes on. He, he's in. I, I feel like Rocky Four had to have been his breakout film that I know him from, that I was, you know, immediately familiar with him from just being younger, even before that generation where that film came out, the film came out three years before I was born, came out the year you were born. But, uh, like whenever you think, whenever you say Dolph Lundgren, you, you immediately think, you know, Ivan Drago, come on. Yeah. I mean, for me personally,
1: like, yeah, that was the first thing I'd ever really, I guess, recall seeing him in, um, I think that's definitely his,
0: his uh, most notable role. I think anybody would say that, right? Yeah, this is this is probably his most charismatic role. He's like laughing and like pretty charismatic, especially when he reverts back to, you know, who he was in full human form as uh, Sergeant uh, Andrew Scott. He's making, you know, the ear jokes, because when you got an ear necklace, you got to have as, as many ear puns and hearing puns as possible whenever you're talking to civilians.
1: Truth.
0: Um, but yeah he's very charismatic in this role he's i think it's probably his best acting that i've seen you know aside from just trying trying to be like just super juiced up the way he is and i mean he does great in the expendables movies as kind of like a similar character you know uh and he goes uh he goes a little off the res uh in those in the and expendables like, movies as well i feel like definitely definitely in his later career he probably showed a little bit more of the depth of the, of, you know what I mean? But you're, I think you're right. I think like from his early work, I say universal soldiers, one where he branches out the most probably. Yeah. I think, I occupy, think so. He has
1: like five lines. So I mean, <laughs> the, some of the most notable lines ever, but <laughs> he's got
0: like five lines. Yeah. So. so we get, um, yeah. So what's cool about this movie, uh, and it, and I implore everyone to just, just watch the film. Cause You get everything you just get. We're not going to break down the film. We're just going to have we're just having fun and talking about it. But, you know, we get like a diner fight scene like Van Damme's always got to have like, uh, you know, a bar fight scene or a diner fight scene. There's got to be something.
1: There has to be a scene where he clears out like eight to ten
0: dudes. Yeah. (laughs) Always. Which is great. In this one, he does it while eating a meal that he doesn't understand that he has to pay for
1: exactly it just keeps eating like
0: a motherfucker like me on a saturday <laughs> the shady
1: maple <laughs> uh, i mean you really do get everything with it i mean you get the, obviously you get the action uh
0: you get the st- it's, it's a good story. story it's a good story though is it not
1: yeah it's a really good story here's a question is uh, is universal soldier a zombie movie
0: i guess it can technically the- be but yeah, because they were killed and then they were brought back to life when they were cryogenically frozen. So, or, yeah, it's in the vein of reanimator, then I guess. It's a, it's the same. It's 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 as much of a zombie film as Cobra is a slasher film, right?
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I don't think many people are uh, considering Universal Soldier a horror slash zombie movie, but yeah, same vein. I'm sure.
0: Um, I can't wait to do a do a slasher movie night and a zombie movie night and throw those in the mix. We have to. We uh, have to. But Here's
1: a, something else I wanted to touch on. And it's a little, you know, a little off base a little bit, but it's crazy how like the Vietnam War, think about how many movies from that time to like even up until recently have come out that pertained to something with the Vietnam War. You know what I mean? Whether it be...
0: Oh, like, yeah. It was it like, was it's such kind of, a... Because
1: it shaped like that like, whole generation, obviously. Like, it's, you know... It just, like, shaped them. And it shows, like... This movie especially shows, like... These... Like, obviously, with, like, almost like a PTSD type thing where where Jean-Claude's character, like, sees these flashbacks of, like, the fucked-up shit he did or the fucked-up shit uh, Dolph did as uh, Andrew Scott there. And, like, it, it comes back to haunt him. And, you know what I mean? It's just... It's just crazy, and this is another one. And I think they did a cool, another job, a good job of like, kind of bringing that stuff to light, in a a different way, you know.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I think because it was such a fucked up time period and a fucked up time in America, and you know, with the draft. I mean, it was the you know, was the last time we had that uh, a big crazy draft and thousands upon thousands of innocent, you know young people were going into a foreign land for a question, for questionable reasons to say the least. And, and, you know, thousands didn't return and they got fucked up. They got, they came back with all kinds of issues and you're talking about a country that rejected them and said, fuck you, baby killer. You know, they were, they had no remorse or sympathy for which is funny now because you think, you know, the Iraq war and post nine 11, how like revered and respected soldiers are for the most part. They were despised when they came back from that war in Vietnam.
1: Yeah, I mean, 100%. I think, uh, I mean, there's other movies that portray that too. I mean, even think about like Rambo. I mean,
0: yeah.
1: Poor John Rambo is just trying to fucking walk through the town and, uh, he's Why
0: getting push- harassed
1: by the cops. Get the fuck out of here.
0: Why are you pushing me? <laughs>
1: exactly. So,
0: uh, yeah, I don't know. It just seems like that, like, little stretch too, especially from like, you know the from like maybe like I don't know like I, in the last twenty five years we haven't really seen a lot of Vietnam content. Honestly, it's been a lot of retellings of uh, World War One, World War Two. Yeah, uh, for
1: sure, I think you know I, I think it has calmed down a bit, obviously because stuff that's happened more recently. And like you said, we are seeing a lot of stuff from uh, you know from the World Wars as well.
0: Yeah, it's. Uh, Yeah, it was a, it's a cool storyline to have, you know, the origins of this start with these two soldiers in Vietnam War and now they're universal soldiers because they've been cryogenically frozen. Uh, and then we get like, kind of like a, like a modern day as it were at the time, uh, you know, scene that's reminiscent of the beginning of the scene and in the rain, uh, he's got an ear necklace, you know, it's, it's, you know, he's, it's the same thing. He's, it's almost like they're experiencing the, the way they died in Vietnam the same way, but now on the Devereaux farm. Uh, and I just thought it was a, a, it was a cool way to bookend it. And it kind of, it really speaks to, you know, Roland Emmerich's ability to, to get through this film. Uh, I know that there was a lot of issues that he had with the studio. Uh, and it just was, uh, it was a, it was a mess as far as the studio went. Um, as as most of this shit usually is, um, and uh, yeah, they a lot. This movie was a little maligned because they said it was similar to like say a Terminator or a RoboCop. Um, but I think it's a it's a great fun film. I think people definitely need to check it out. I, I something I I thought this was uh, an interesting little tidbit too. Uh, The film actually had influence on, and I'm reading this off IMDb. Um, I'm not just like a brilliant motherfucker that knows all this crazy shit. I I read this and I was really impressed with it. So I have to read it. The, The film actually had influence on the offensive handgun weapon system concept for the U.S. Special Operations Command, which was initiated in 1989 to acquire a handgun for offensive purposes rather than strictly defensive use. The right people saw the film and adopted some ideas, equipping their handguns with a laser and a suppressor. After exhaustive testing and uh, after after exhaustive testing, the weapon adopted was the Heckler and Co MK 23 in caliber 45 ACP accessorized with a day night infrared laser aiming module from insight technologies and night's armin suppressor uh, the first guns were delivered in 1996 due to its uh ungainly size and weight five pounds loaded it does not see frequent use by socom but another handgun using similar technology to the hk45 compact has been adopted by the naval special warfare development group uh aka seal team six and has been seen in action on the war and terror
1: that's crazy. So, so
0: the fucking... Who would have thought Universal Soldier influenced fucking actual weaponry? Yeah, like, that's a heavy
1: fucking influence, I'll
0: tell you that much. So, I, I mean, what more can we actually say about Universal Soldier other than it influenced fucking handguns?
1: Seriously.
0: For offensive use. Yeah, I mean, i say that's a pretty
1: good mark, uh, not only on the film industry, right?
0: <laughs> on yeah, everything. seriously. Shout out to Roland, shout out to... Jean-Claude, the writers, anybody that had anything to do with uh, getting those uh, those uh, cool ass guns in there. But uh, to keep this episode uh, a little shorter and a little sweet, we'll, um, you know, we're going to we're going to be back with uh, Cobra next week. And and that's going to be a that's going to be a good one. And uh, we got more surprises after that. But next week, Cummings, Cobra. Now, I think the first time I ever heard the band Body Count may have been on this soundtrack because the closing track is Body Counts in the House by Body Count. Yeah. And I, and I don't know why, but I remember this as a kid. I just remember, just because I thought the whole song, and it pretty much is, Ice-T goes, Body Count, Body Count, Body Count, Body Count, Body Counts in the House.
1: I mean, any movie that features, any film that features Body Counts has got to be pretty gotta be amazing right i mean what else do you need to be honest with you
0: <laughs> yeah seriously but i think
1: this also to be said about this film is like you know i think like when it comes to like jean-claude and Dolph, i mean at least to me personally when i, I love jean-claude and i know obviously you're a gigantic jean-claude fan is this movie is maybe not his most thought of work but i think it's uh it's one of his best and this another thing that needs to be said is this film spawned many sequels. You
0: know what I mean? Two, So two TV sequels yeah. that were not really noteworthy. But then, of course, uh, Universal Soldier The Return with Bill Goldberg and Michael White, as well as Day of Reckoning and... Uh, I forget what the other one was called. You know, I don't know. But that's, that's
1: another thing I think that doesn't get thought about. I mean, there's like a legit whole
0: franchise of these movies. Oh, yeah. Universal Soldier Regeneration from two thousand nine, which I own and love, and then Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning, which I've only watched once, but from what I remember yeah, what of it, I like. Twenty twelve,
1: 2012, 2012, yeah. Don't think about that. I mean, I
0: mean, how many years after the original? That's awesome. It's uh, it's you know, at some point that we may have to cover Stark. Actually. Universal Soldier: of The Return we may have to cover just for the sheer fact of having Michael Ja White and jean Claude Van Damme in it, or or, or Goldberg rather. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I mean, a franchise
1: in twenty years that's some that's a that's heavy in my eyes.
0: But uh, but yeah, this is uh, you know there's many you know from eighty eight ish eighty you know eighty. 80- pretty much 88 on Van Damme went on a tear, especially in the nineties. So, uh, this is one of many Van Damme movies we'll be covering for sure. But this is, uh, this has been, uh, a fun, quick little action packed episode. And that's, we're going to, maybe we'll call these the half hour of powers. I absolutely love
1: that. I mean, we got that We could care. We could uh, cover a lot for sure. Cause JCBD is obviously one of the goddamn kings.
0: So. Oh, well that maybe time, time cops going to be in there. Fucking like, double team. Um, I mean,
1: we could just go on double team. Well, fucking
0: blood sport. Knock off with Schneider. <laughs>
1: then, if we're gonna cover Dolph, we gotta head show down in Little Tokyo. I love that one.
0: Oh, of course. Well, that has uh, been this one. You can get us uh, listened to on uh, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, wherever the hell. And uh, check it out. This is Universal Soldier. Highly recommended by the both of us. And stay tuned next week for 1986's Cobra. Starring Sylvester Stallone and Bridget Nielsen. Just kidding. She wasn't in there, was she?
1: What, Bridget?
0: (laughs) No, I don't think she was. But that uh, that is it for us. So I hope you enjoyed this.
1: Come back real soon. Body count,
0: body count, body count. Yeah, motherfucker! Body count, body count.
1: Body count, body count. Yeah? Body count, nigga!